you have your Bibles with you this morning, I'm going to invite you to turn to the book of Ephesians, chapter 5. This series we're starting today is called The Quest, and it's the quest for the wisdom of God as it applies to our everyday lives, being able to apply it to all our decisions, to our work, to our words, to our wealth. Just in every, every area of our life, we want to have the mind of Christ and the wisdom of God manifested. Sometimes we encounter conversations where people are talking about their stewardship and they're, they're saying, well, I just wish I understood finances better. I wish I understood the whole, you know, God's plan for me to prosper or whatever the situation may be. Well, you, you have the best book available to you. It's called the book, you know, within the Bible itself, you have the book of Proverbs. If you'll just read that over and over again, you'll become one of the best financial managers you can ever come across. It'll, it gives you, it'll, it'll cover everything that you need to know concerning your own finances. It'll cover everything you need to know about relationships. It'll cover almost everything you need to know about doing life and being successful in doing life. So we're going to be speaking from Proverbs quite a bit over the next several weeks, but I want to start here with this foundational text from Ephesians chapter 5 in verse 15. Again, it's called the quest, and our goal here is to learn how to keep life on target. It's the quest for an uncompromising insight and wisdom in, into how to honor God with our, our work, our words, our wealth, just our, our, the totality of our lives. And here in Ephesians chapter 5 verse 15 says, See then that you walk, and I love this word, circumspectly. Everyone say circumspectly. I want you to put that in your vocabulary and use it many times this week. And so all the people that don't know the word, they don't know Christ, are thinking, what in the world are you talking about? But anyway, <laughs> I'm just joking about that. You might want to just cross that word out there and put the word carefully in there. It's a word that we use today. It would be careful. Walk carefully. And it really means that something that is done accurately. So you're going to walk with accuracy. You're going to walk precisely. You're going to give or, or to give close attention to. That's what the word circumspect means. And I'm sure you all are glad you got up this morning and showered and did your hair and your makeup and, and what, did whatever you did to get here to find out what the word circumspect means because you're probably never going to use it in your vocabulary. But anyway, careful. Careful, something done accurately. So let's read it again. See that you walk carefully, not as fools, but as wise. Notice, don't be walking as a fool, but as wise. So that's the, 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 the launching text for this particular series, quest to keep life on target. Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 7 tells us that wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. Therefore, get wisdom. So you might say, well, Pastor Ray, you know, we have this wisdom, and we're supposed to be on this quest for wisdom, but where do I start? What would be a good starting place for me to get the wisdom of God? Where do we begin the ability to live life skillfully? You know, I, there's, there's a lot of loose ends in my life. There's a lot of things that have unraveled, and it doesn't, you know, in the natural it doesn't look like they're going to ever come together, but the good news is that your life can come together. Your life can be a God-honoring life. You can come to a place where you are walking carefully, where you are walking accurately. You are walking precisely because you are giving close attention to the leading and to the guiding of the Holy Spirit of God through... through uh, the anointing of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior, who has been made wisdom unto us. 
And wisdom being the principal thing, therefore get wisdom. A lot of people are very knowledgeable. But knowledge and wisdom are not the same thing. Gleaning knowledge or acquiring wisdom are not the same. Knowledge is the accumulation of information. You can accumulate a lot of information. You are accumulating information this morning by the words that I'm sharing with you. Wisdom is the ability to take the information that you're receiving. You are becoming knowledgeable in the word of God, knowledgeable concerning God's will. Don't be ignorant, but know the will of God. You're becoming knowledgeable in it, but then wisdom gives you the ability to apply that knowledge successfully. There's a lot of people who have a lot of head knowledge. There's a lot of people who know the Bible very well, have knowledge of the Word of God, but they don't have the wisdom or they're not applying wisdom to the knowledge that they have, and therefore it's not working and it's not producing the way the Bible promises that it would be producing in our lives. And so we're talking about wisdom, the ability to apply information accurately, precisely, to give close attention to the knowledge that's revealed to us in the Word of God. I believe it's Isaiah 33, somewhere in there. There's a scripture that says that wisdom and knowledge shall be the stability of your times. Wisdom and knowledge shall be the stability of your times. So you can ponder that for a while. But the place to start with wisdom of course, is the word of God. It's always God's word. And the, the psalmist declared in Psalm 119 and verse 98 that the word of God makes you wiser than your enemies. That should be motivation enough right there, right? Makes you wiser than your enemies. We're always looking for the edge. We're always looking for that competitive edge when it comes to, when it comes to life, when it comes to competition, and, and, and when just basically in life we're looking for how can we do better? How can we become faster? How can we become you know, stronger? And how, how, how can we be a better team? How can I be a better individual? Well, the Word of God makes you wiser than your enemies. And your number one enemy, of course, is Satan, from the, the God of this world system. But you can be wiser. Many times Christians, as Christians, I hear too many people giving the enemy way too much credit. Thinking, well, you know, the devil, he's just so sneaky and he's so cunning. And, 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 and he is. I'm not saying he's not. But he's not wiser than you are. He's not wiser than the wisdom that you have at your disposal in the word of God. He's not wiser than the God that you worship, than the God that you serve. So we have to keep things in proper perspective and, and, and not just kind of give up on life and thinking, well, it's not making sense. I, I, I know this. I know this scripture. I know these promises. I know these principles. Um, I have knowledge of it, but it's not working. Well, it will work when you begin to apply wisdom to the knowledge of God's word that's within you. So the word of God makes you wiser than your enemies. And Moses, when he was instructing the children of Israel, I'm going to share that with you from the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 4. It's just to whet your appetite to get a foundation going. But Moses, uh, he's commanding obedience from the children of Israel. So I'm going to read these verses, uh, verse 1 through 4 of Deuteronomy. 
And it's Moses commanding the children as he's leading them. He says, now, O Israel, listen to the statutes and the judgments. That's basically, it's, it's the word of God, which I teach you to observe that you may live and go in and possess the land which the Lord God of your fathers is giving you. Notice he's giving them a heads up. Be receivers of the word of God, observe the word of God, be a doer of the word of God. There are promise, there's a promised land ahead for you that has been promised to your fathers and we're giving it to you. Then he, he warns them, pay attention to the word. Verse two says, you shall not add to the word which I command you nor take from it that you may keep the commandments of the Lord your God which I command you. Verse 3, your eyes have seen what the Lord did at Baal Peor, for the Lord your God has destroyed from among you all the men who followed Baal of Peor. Notice, don't be following after false gods. Verse 4, but you have held fast to the Lord your but you who held fast to the Lord your God are alive today, every one of you. So here you are today. You're alive. Look at your neighbor and remind them that they're alive. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Every one of you. Verse 5 says, Surely I have taught you the statutes and the judgments. Again, that's, that's the word of God. Just as the Lord my God commanded me that you should act according to them. As we should be acting according to the word of God. That takes wisdom to apply the knowledge of the, of the word of God. Uh, so you're to be acting according to them in the land which you go to possess. Verse 6, Therefore be careful to observe them, for this is your wisdom. What is your wisdom? The word. The word is your wisdom. Notice there's a promise before you. Sometimes I, I, I'm emphasizing this because I, I hear a lot of frustration in people that I encounter that say, we hear the promises, we see the promises, and we, we heard what you were teaching, and I, I, I see what I'm reading, and I hear what other uh, men and women of faith are, are, are teaching, and we're putting it out there, and you, you're, you're inspiring hope, and, and, but the underlying thing is, it's, I see it, I hear it, uh, but there's a, a frustration. It's not happening. It's not working. It's not working. Well, God didn't put the promised land in front of us. He didn't put the prom his promises in front of us to frustrate us. He's not sadistic. You know, he's not trying to just exasperate us, to frustrate us, but he has given us promises, and he's also given us the knowledge and the wisdom to be able to, to pursue them. And, and when we set on a quest for his wisdom, we will see things begin to manifest. It says, therefore, be careful to observe them, for this is your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the people who will hear all these statutes and say, surely Grace Church is the wisest church in all of Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Your Bible doesn't say that? Oh, the nation. Okay. Surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. So we can say that. You can say that about your family. You can, you can declare that about your church. I think we should declare that about the church. Amen. The people of, of Grace Church are the wisest people. Amen. Wiser than what? Wiser than all our enemies. And so 
The Word of God is your source for wisdom. So when we talk about the quest to keep life on target, we're not looking for self-help. I'm not looking to be your life coach. There's nothing wrong with a life coach if you need a life coach. But the Holy Spirit, the Word of God, the wisdom of God will do a pretty good job in it. But we do need, you know, it's, it's, it's proper to encourage one another, to spur one another on to good works. So in that sense, having someone that you call a life coach, that's just fine. Uh, but basically... Make the Word of God your number one priority. If you haven't been one to be studying the Word of God, I would encourage you to develop a practice of reading the Word of God. Just start with something and med- read it and then think about it, ponder it, meditate on it, and, and, and let that knowledge of what you do have, let it become wisdom to you as you begin to apply it. So our, our, the beginning of wisdom Our quest for wisdom begins with the Word of God, the Word of God. Now, what I want to share with you primarily this morning, I want to give that to you as an introduction, but this morning I want to invite you to turn to the book of James, chapter 3, because James does a really good job in just a few short verses there of of describing the wisdom of God and giving us a sharp contrast between... uh, uh, some clear contrast between the two different types of wisdom. One is known as worldly wisdom, the other is known as heavenly wisdom, or heaven's wisdom versus demonic wisdom. And when we have an understanding, the the contrast between the two helps us to know and to recognize wisdom when it's presented to us. Because if you're going to be on a quest for something, you're going to have an all-out search looking for wisdom, would you agree that it would help to know what wisdom looks like? Now, you don't want to go on a, on a treasure hunt somewhere and have no idea what the treasure is and what the treasure looks like because you could have it right in front of your nose and not know you found it. And so we want, want to know what does heaven's wisdom, how does that present itself to us, and how does it contrast it with worldly wisdom or demonic wisdom? In James chapter 3, beginning at verse 13, he says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, it's sensual, and it's demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. So let's just stop there for a moment. He starts off with the contrast between heavenly wisdom versus demonic wisdom. And he begins, first of all, by defining the fruit of or the manifestation of demonic wisdom. And he also refers to it as being earthly, sensual, as well as demonic But in verse 14, it says, bitter, envy, and self-seeking would be manifestations of earthly, sensual, demonic wisdom. So if you're engaging or you're experiencing bitterness, envy, or self-seeking, selfish ambition, That is a manifestation of earthly wisdom, sensual and demonic wisdom. I don't need to ask for a show of hands, but I think we could all raise our hands and say, yes, I have experienced that, I've seen that. 
but that's not what we want. That's, that's not our pursuit. Sometimes I think it seems to be some people's pursuit, but that's not what, no, we're, we're on the wrong track if we are pursuing earthly wisdom. Verse 16 continues, says, describes it even more, says, where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. So basically, when things are always chaotic, things are always just super tense and strife-filled and bickering and biting and backbiting and in, in relationships and in family dynamics. You know, just, just know that uh, that's worldly, earthly, sensual, and demonic wisdom being manifested. Now, you may not like to hear that, but that's, that's what it is. That's what it is, and if we're yielding to it, then we are yielding to that type of wisdom that, are, that originates from the very pit of hell, and it's demonic, it's earthly, it's sensual, it's self-seeking, it's confusing, and just all the things that you can identify with anything demonic, it, it's, it's wrapped up in that. So demonic false wisdom is marked by the bitter envy, self-seeking. You know, those two traits are tangible results of false teaching. And so, uh, but earthly wisdom, earthly wisdom by, by definition is uh, much better. And this is what our quest is. We are on a quest for the wisdom. Did I say earthly wisdom is much better? I meant heavenly wisdom is something seemed confusing there. That was my red flag, okay? <laughs> Heaven's wisdom is much better. Thank God for digital recording. We can just cut that out like I never said it. It never happened. You didn't hear it. You never heard it. Oh, I heard. I'm going to go back and listen to the podcast. It won't be there. <laughs> so wisdom from above reveals itself by words and, and works that are done in the meekness of of wisdom. Verse 13 says, Who is wise and understanding among you, let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness, 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 meekness. Everyone say meekness. meekness. In the meekness of wisdom. Thank God for meekness of wisdom. So true wisdom reveals itself uh, with these meekness of wisdom reveals itself with seven virtues that I want to share with you this morning, and that first one being found in, in, in verse 17. Matter of fact, they're all found in there. Verse 17 says, but the wisdom that is from above, notice that, that from heaven, first of all, it's pure. It's pure. That means there's no, there, it's free of any underlying motives. It is pure it is, it's, it's lovely, it's praiseworthy, uh, it's uh, just like God's, the psalmist tells us that God's word is pure like silver that's tried in a furnace, and, and it's a, a person that's marked by purity, it's one who partakes of the very character of God. So the wisdom from heaven that we are to be in pursuit of, our quest for wisdom, you will always recognize that there, there, there's a pureness to it, a simplicity to it, and a pureness to it. No, uh, no underlying false motives. Second of all, the wisdom from heaven is peaceable. Peaceable. It's a peacemaking spirit. 
The wisdom from God's word. When you're on a quest for wisdom, you will recognize that, that you're sensing a, a pureness and a, uh, free of any unmixed motives. You are recognizing a peace that accompanies the wisdom of heaven. When you are trying to decide, is, you know, is this the Lord speaking to me? Is this my own mind speaking to me? Is this the devil coming at me? You know, you can, you can when, you, you, when you pursue the wisdom from heaven, being on this quest from heaven, you're gonna, it's going to be accompanied with, with a peace that surpasses all understanding. I'm not saying that the wisdom of heaven means that you're going to be free of any conflict, but in the midst of conflict, you're going to have peace about how to resolve it. So don't confuse the saying, well, this must not be, this must not be heaven's wisdom because I'm not experiencing peace. In the midst of conflict, heaven's wisdom can be manifested as peace and giving you a peaceful resolution to the conflict. It can also be manifested as you sensing peaceful in, in the midst of it. People think, my goodness, you should be, you know, how can you just be so calm? And how can you be so, you know, so just so calm, cool, and collected in, in the midst of the storm that's coming, all this adversity that's coming against you? Well, heaven's wisdom has already informed me that it's going to be okay. Heaven's wisdom has already informed me that I'm coming out stronger it's not going to take me down. I'm not going under. Heaven's wisdom has already given me a heads up that my need is going to be supplied. Heaven's wisdom told, already told me that this is not terminal, that God is my healer. He's my savior. He's my provider. I'm, everything's going to be all right in Jesus' name. So you have that peace that accompanies the things that we go through in life. Not that we don't go through things. And you're not a bad person because you're going through something, but in the midst of it, you have the very peace from heaven assuring you that, hey, you got it, you know, I got your back. I'm with you. We're going through this together and we're coming out stronger. You may feel like you're in the fiery furnace, but you're coming out. The fourth man's in there with you. The third manifestation of the wisdom of God as you are on a quest to discover God's wisdom is you'll, you'll recognize it as being gentle. It says it's pure, it's peaceable, then it's gentle. Gentle, another word that could be used there is considerate. The wisdom of heaven is manifested as, as being considerate. It's associated, and, and, and it's, the, the word is associated with the administration of justice. So think about your responsibility to administrate justice in relationships. It's your responsibility as a born-again child of God to administrate justice, to bring peaceful resolution. It's our responsibility as followers of Jesus, as much as it depends on us, to live peaceably with all men. The wisdom of God informs us that when, when we are tracking God's wisdom, we're going to have a gentleness being manifested. We're going to be considered in our communications and in and, 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 and our judgments in the situations that we're in especially associated with justice. And it's really, it suggests that a person, it, it's, it's a picture of a person who does not abuse their position of, a, of power, but it's a person that remains calm, a person that remains sober, and a person that remains true to the highest ideals of such a position. You know, it's in your spheres of influence 
You have influence over people. In some situations, you have, you, you're in a position of power and authority over other people. But in that position, you don't abuse people that are subordinates, but rather you are gentle and considerate in those situations, in those positions that God has put you in. That is the wisdom of God manifested. Not abusive of power, but remaining calm, sober, and true in all situations. Number four, wisdom of God is manifested. Manifested with a spirit of submission. You, you might be saying, well, Pastor Ray, I don't see the word submission in there. Well, I, you may not see it, but it's there. It's called willing to yield. Willing to yield. I remember one of the first weddings I officiated when I first was ordained into the ministry. I had a, a friend, a, a friend from back in my teenage years that was uh, getting married. And he really wasn't affiliated with the church anywhere. And the, the, the bride he was getting married to, I'm not even sure she was a Christian, but I, I still remember meeting with them prior to the wedding, and we were going over the, the, the wedding vows and so forth. And I came across that one, and the one part where it says, you know, I... I submit to you as my husband, as a loving wife, blah, blah, blah. And I mean, I tell you, her. <laughs> Wait a minute, time out. I don't like that word submit. I said, you don't like the word submit? She said, no, I don't like that word. I said, okay, don't worry about it. It won't be in the ceremony. She said, thank you. So during the wedding, I said, I yield to my husband. I said, what? <laughs> And she was happy with that. <laughs> so that's the wisdom of God manifested. I could have had a big old argument and said, well, then I'm, I'm not going to do the wedding. And, but anyway, just, just remembered that as I, was, as I was sharing that with you. So the wisdom of God is always submissive. It's willing to yield. And this is not a picture of weakness. It's never a picture of weakness. This is a... a a person that is willing to yield is an intuitive person who recognizes the truth when heard and willingly receives such instruction. And I think a great picture of this is when you are in a conflict resolution and you're having, you know, you're, you're in the process of resolving conflict and, and, and everyone has taken their posture and, and they are polar opposites but yet, all of a sudden, when, when the light comes on and the truth is recognized, the wisdom of God is manifested that no matter how strong you may have felt in your posture and how polar opposite it may have been, all of a sudden, a light comes on and you recognize, you are so right, I am wrong. And you're willing to yield and say, I am so sorry. I completely misjudged. I completely read it wrong. I, I'm... Forgive me, I'm, I, I yield to it. Folks, that's not a sign of weakness. That is a sign of strength. That is a sign of, of uh, the wisdom, that is a manifestation of the wisdom of God manifested at that very moment. That's what we are in pursuit of. That is our quest, to have the wisdom of God in our lives, that we come to a place that... that uh, that we are experiencing the pureness in relationships. We're, we're enjoying the, the peacefulness in, in having the, the confidence that God is with us. He'd never leave us nor forsake us. And that we have a gentleness about us and that we're willing to yield. 
When, we see, when the light comes on and all of a sudden it's God speaking and saying, uh, you are so wrong and here is the truth and the truth is presented and you're willing to just give up the battle. You're willing to lay it down and say, I repent, I'm wrong, forgive me. A person who is gentle and reasonable, whether in a, it's a picture of a person who is gentle and reasonable, whether in a position of authority or of subservience especially people in positions of authority, especially parents with their children or em- employers with their employees or husbands and wives and these, you know, these conflict situations that, you know, you're, you're not right just because you're a parent. <laughs> next week is Mother's Day. We'll, we'll, we'll cover you next week, but... <laughs> But we are not automatically right because we're the parents. And if, as a parent, you said to your children, when they question you or they challenge you, why? And you say, because I'm the parent. Now, it may be, you may be right, but it's a possibility that you're wrong. And in that situation, when you pull that I'm the parent card, and then the Holy Spirit speaks to you, you say, yes, you are the parent, but you're wrong. And when the light comes on, you are willing to even ask your child or your children, I'm sorry. I looked at that wrong. I misunderstood you. I was wrong in that situation. Forgive me. As a parent, we're willing to do that with our children. Children, you may want to try that out this afternoon. You probably didn't need that word of encouragement, but (laughs) I see you loading up saying, we got it, so glad I'm here. But children, you also likewise, you are in pursuit of the wisdom of God, and you also are willing to say, I'm wrong, I'm sorry, forgive me, and yield to your parents, that it may be well with you, that you may live long on the earth. Amen. Moving right along, I knew you'd be so happy about finding out what wisdom looks like because now we know what we're in pursuit of. Wisdom of God manifested is always full of mercy. It's willing to yield. It's full of mercy and good fruits. Full of mercy and good fruits. Isn't that good news? The wisdom of God is always merciful. It's accompanied with good fruits. Man, if we would just make our pursuit wisdoms, no wonder the writer of Proverbs says, wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, pursue wisdom. Get wisdom. It's willing to yield. It's full of mercy, and it's full of good fruits. I don't know if we need to say any more about that, but you'll be merciful. You won't be arrogant. You won't be prideful. You'll be merciful to people, and you'll be merciful in your relationships, and your, your, your character, your life, it'll be accompanied with, with good fruits. People will enjoy being around you. Number six, manifestation of the wisdom of God, so we know what we're looking for, is that wisdom is, is a, says it's without partiality. Without partiality, which simply means it's impartial or that there is no favoritism. There is no favoritism. It's not wisdom. The wisdom of God is not prejudice. The wisdom of God is not bias. It's singularity of purpose. 
and it's, the wisdom of God is complete trust is in God, and it's always the opposite of double-mindedness. You know, so I'm not biased. I'm not showing any favoritism. I'm not going to be prejudiced. I have the wisdom of God, and I can be objective without any partiality, no favoritism, no bias. I have, I'm looking at this through a clear lens. I'm looking at this the way God would look at it. I'm seeing it through the lens of Jesus Christ. That is wisdom manifested. And if you're struggling with favoritism, you're struggling with being prejudiced, or you're struggling in the area of, of bias, then, then just admit it to God and say, God, you know, I, I, I need help in this area. I, I need the wisdom of God in this area. I really don't want to be prejudiced, but I find myself for no reason being prejudiced, and I really don't understand why I have prejudiced thoughts. I just, the thought just came. I have no reason for it to come, but it, it just rose up. Well, it's called earthly wisdom. That's why it came. It's called the conflict between earthly wisdom and heavenly wisdom. And you say, well, I don't understand why I had that, that, that biased thought or that prejudiced thought. Well, it's the enemy trying to take you down. He's trying to trip you up, trying to cause conflict, trying to cause confusion. And, and, and when he has envy and confusion, every evil work is there. So if you're in an environment where it just seems everything is evil, just everything is just tense, everything is dark, everything is strife-filled, there's no peace, there's no joy, it's just, it's, things are just tense, things are just a mess, well, just know it's a manifestation of earthly, sensual, demonic wisdom. Turn away from it and get in yourself into a pursuit of the wisdom of God. Number seven, the final characteristic of what we're looking for here in, in, in our quest for wisdom is that the wisdom of God is without partiality, and number seven, it's without hypocrisy. Have you ever heard from anyone that you've been witnessing to or talking to, well, I'm not going to church, there's a full bunch of hypocrites. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Grace Church used to not have any hypocrites. It was a perfect church. And then we opened it up and started having gatherings. <laughs> when it was first organized as, as a church from a legal document in the state of Pennsylvania as a 501c3 organization, I and mean, it was just perfect. There was, there was no hypocrites, there was nothing. Everything was just perfect. And then we opened it up and we had our first service and people came. And all of a sudden we were a hypocritical church, the pastor included. It wasn't perfect. But we're in pursuit of the wisdom of God. Amen? And we're not following after the pastor of the church. We're not following after the people of the church. Our, our goal, if you're going to be in pursuit in a quest for the wisdom of God, you want to get your eyes on Jesus. You put your eyes on Jesus. Don't put your eyes on other people. Don't put your eyes on, on pastors or any other leaders in the body of Christ. Now, we're supposed to be living a standard that people can follow. It's not my goal to offend people. It's not my goal to come across as being hypocritical. But I'm, if you follow me close enough, you might say, hmm, that's a little bit hypocritical. If you look really, really deep. I mean, it's not anything on the surface like... <laughs> But if you follow me, or if you just want to make it real easy, just ask my wife or my kids if there's anything hypocritical about the pastor. You know, they might have a few insights for you. But since they're so filled with wisdom, they probably won't share them with you. They'll just say, now, in, 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 in wisdom being manifested as mercy and good fruits, they say, you know what, he's just the greatest thing since sliced bread. 
Thank you, Nancy. (laughs) So wisdom, really, it's the ability to live life skillfully. And God's word resources you with wisdom to deal successfully in the practical affairs of everyday life. I give you, this comes with a warning. Living a godly life in an ungodly world is no simple assignment. Don't leave home without the wisdom of God. Pursue it. Pursue it. You know what it looks like. You know what it looks like. It's pure. It's peaceable. Gentle. Willing to yield. It's full of mercy and good fruits. It's without partiality. And it is without hypocrisy. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for the wisdom of God. And I thank you, Lord God, as we make a commitment, we decide right now, today, that we are going to begin this quest of becoming even wiser, of pursuing the wisdom of God, learning to apply your wisdom to the practical affairs of life, everyday life, to our work, to the words that we speak, in our relationships, in our stewardship, in every area of life, Lord, we are learning to apply the wisdom of God. As we pursue it, we apply it, and we thank you for the manifestation of it in Jesus' name, name above all names. We thank you, Father, that our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, has been made wisdom unto us. And as we yield to him, As we yield to him, he will lead us, guide us, and direct us into all truth.